Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, objective insight, expertise, top guests, available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. We got basketball news. We got Tennessee getting some props and getting dissed on the same day out there in list land, as we might call it. And uh, we've got a lot to get to on the program. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you might be watching to you and yours. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm well. Uh, we uh, we'll, we'll drop later today. I do want to mention to everybody, we'll drop later today the uh, latest installment. I think this is going to be a really popular one of the Celebrate 98 series. So that drops today, and it'll be later this afternoon. It'll be Billy Ratliff, who he was he was kind of important to the 98 team. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Maybe that Arkansas game or something along those lines? Just a little important. Maybe made, I mean... Most self, I mean, called his own shot. It was a Babe Ruth moment. Told T. Martin he was going to get the ball back. And by golly, if he didn't get the ball back. He did. He did. So also I want to take a look at Tennessee's running backs. Based on a recent ranking, you could look at it as respectful or disrespectful because they're not very high, but there's a couple of them. And I think the best one maybe isn't even mentioned based off what I've been told happened behind closed doors a spring camp but i'm going to continue to harp on that dylan sampson is your player to watch headed into this season barring anything between now and then injuries or, or anything along those lines uh, he just had a fantastic spring as a matter of fact we're going to talk to josh ward of the sports animal about hypo high school players that need to step up because you can only, I believe, Caleb, take the transfer thing so long and you're risking a possible culture change. You're risking guys not panning out and you're doling out a lot of money because the transfer portal, basically, from what I've been told, is just a bidding war. You might as well go to the auction for these guys. So I think it's very, very important that some of these high school prospect, not transfers, not Pruitt, guys, I think it's very important that some of these guys step up sooner rather than later. And I'm talking about this year, Caleb. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a big deal. Heupel's got to be able to show a couple of things. He's got it more than anything. He's got to be able to show his ability to evaluate talent. Again, that was the one thing that nobody can take away from Pruitt is evaluating talent. I think they will show it. We saw signs with Squirrel White. He was Joe Milton's favorite target. We saw signs with Dylan Sampson. These are guys Heupel wanted. So I do think they will show it. And I also, I think I've talked to you in the past. I don't think it's as given NIL, given how success sells more than anything else. I think once you hit Tennessee's level, it doesn't become that hard to recruit as long. I think it's more about the working about the work ethic of it than it is about the skill of recruiting itself, because you're going to sell yourself. The school's going to sell itself with the success and the NIL money. And it ain't that hard to evaluate talent at this level, guys. I'm just going to tell you, it's your girlfriends can look at players at this level and be like, yeah, you know what? He could play at Alabama. It, it, there, It's very obvious once you hit that level. I get into trouble with that if your girlfriends are looking at too many players. Probably <laughs> a future NFLer that they have a keen eye for. That's a little bit scary, Caleb. I'm, I'm glad we're both secure in our relationships. Um, so here, Isn't it pretty easy once you're at this level? As far as recruiting or evaluating? Evaluating. Um, I think it's, I think I can tell a five star from a one star. I think there are, when you go between three and four stars, I think that that does take a more trained eye. Um, you know, I would like to think that a lot of people could sit down and do what we do. And that's right. Uh, column about something here nor there, but is it okay? Or is it really good? Hopefully, you get really good out of me and and Caleb. And if you don't do that all the time, I think it's a little bit more difficult. I would say the same for talent evaluation. So maybe I think it's a little bit harder. But but listen, I, I, there was one player. It's funny you bring up the girlfriend thing. Jadavion Clowney, do you remember who the number two player was? It was Carl Lawson. That's who it was. Do you remember him went to Auburn? I do not, actually. Carl Lawson was number two behind Clowney. He would have easily been number one. There was like Clowney dropped down two, and then uh, there was everybody else. They dropped down two to uh, uh, Carl Lawson, and then there was everybody else. So um, I, I actually used my wife a lot of the times as a camera person, and she, we, we were driving by. You talk about uh, girlfriends looking at players, and we're driving by this guy who's uh, getting ready to participate in, in this drill, and uh, I said, oh, there's Carl Lawson. She goes, Good grief, is that a high school player? Yeah, it was a 17-year-old guy that looked like he was like a 28-year-old, completely mature athlete. So, yeah, you can pick – yeah, she did pick those guys out. Not for injuries, he would have been just fine, but he suffered uh, an absolute ton. Let's get rolling now. It is uh, today's tough question, and I think it's a pretty good one. Today's tough question today brought to you by Craft Treats. CraftTreats.com. I'll tell you more. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All right, what word would you use to describe Tennessee's quarterback situation as compared to other teams that have realistic championship hopes. I broke this down on offthehooksports.com. Would love for you to uh, take a look at that. So let's go ahead and begin, because I think when compared to other teams, that Tennessee is in pretty good shape among those that have realistic championship hopes. So, Caleb, you came up with the teams that I, I looked at and their quarterback situation and what they had coming or coming back in 2023 we all know tennessee has joe milton which is pretty nice if you gotta you gotta have a new quarterback joe milton's about as good as it gets because he's got ability and he's got experience most teams aren't going to have that today's tough question brought to you by craft treats go to crafttreats.com use a promo code off the hook that's off the hook get 20 percent off the CBD treats or the non-CBD treats. I love the CBD treats because they'll help with your pet's digestion issues, maybe arthritis, maybe anxiety as, anxiety as well. So let's talk about the teams you picked out that have to replace a quarterback, Caleb, that you believe have a realistic shot of winning a national title. Tennessee being one, the others are. The others are Georgia, which who's going to object to that? 
Nope, not me. Alabama, again, who's going to object? Not me. And Ohio State, who's going to object? Not me. Which we, we talked about the other day. Those are the three best rosters in college football without a quarterback. Like, they're just loaded everywhere. And then I threw in, and just to be fair, I threw in Penn State. Now, I don't know how realistic you think it is with Penn State, but, you know, they were 11-2 and two last year. And I think it's very clear that outside of Michigan and Ohio State, Penn State is the clear-cut third-best team in the Big Ten. And it's a huge drop-off after that. Agreed. Let's break some of these down. So, first of all, let me ask you today's tough question brought to you by Craft Treats. How would you describe Tennessee's quarterback position heading into this team, heading into the season? And I know you've read about the other teams and you, you have a working knowledge of them anyway, but how would you describe it compared to the other programs we talked about? I would say it's in the top end, top two or three that we're going to break down. I would, I would use the term desirable desirable i would use the term stable stable which is is very important because which is is actually a weird word to talk about a new quarterback but it it is stable it is we know what we're we can we know what we know the bottom at least of what we can expect from joe milton we don't know the ceiling but we know the bottom and so tennessee i mean we know the bottom we don't know the ceiling and so Tennessee is in a pretty good situation. They got a quarterback who started the last two games of the year, was MVP of the Orange Bowl, started the first two games of the year before, has started, I think, 10 games in his college career. So, I mean, if you're breaking in a new quarterback, it has started 10 games in his college career, four in this system. So Tennessee's, it was hard to consider them a team that's breaking in a new quarterback, even though we all agree they are, because we all agree that Hendon Hooker was really, this. if you were to say who was Tennessee's quarterback in 2022, you would say Hendon Hooker. You wouldn't say Joe Milton. And so I think that – I know it's funny. We go back to 98. We always – people compare Joe Milton to T. Martin a lot. I don't see that comparison as much only because I think we know a lot more about Joe Milton than we knew. I don't think people knew that much at all about T. Martin going into 98. No, I, I agree. So I think the I first one we look at that. is Georgia. And you have Carson Beck. Now, I know a lot of Georgia fans are on this channel – and I don't want this to sound as like a shot at Georgia because it's not. But I think just to say Stetson Bennett is going to be replaced by Carson Beck and you're all good to go is is a little bit too easy of a statement to make. I, I was not high on Stetson Bennett heading into last season. I was not high on Stetson Bennett throughout his career. I thought it was a great story. But Stetson Bennett was Mr. Clutch last year so what do you make of Carson Beck replacing Stetson Bennett how does that affect Georgia's championship hopes from all that we've heard uh, Carson Beck is a, a, a fantastic player maybe with more ability than Stetson Bennett what do you make of that situation you know I'm really mixed on this because the one thing about Stetson, Stetson Bennett is his, he knew his limitations, so he didn't make a lot of mistakes. And I actually think because Carson Beck is a better player, I think he'll try to play a little bit more. Can you use the word hero ball in football? I know that applies in basketball, but is it is it apropos to use it in football? Uh, what does hero ball mean? Does that mean like you're Steph Curry and you're just uh, – So in basketball, hero ball is like, yeah, you, you, you try to take over the game. You know, you try to take over the game. And I, I, I could see – Carson like, Beck LeBron, like LeBron in the finals when he was with the Cavs and when he had were, to take over the game because he didn't have a choice yeah. and they, yeah. they, they were playing golden state. They ended up losing, but they were incredibly outmatched and shouldn't have even gotten there. Okay. I see what you're saying. I, I don't think Beck's going to play hero ball, but if he does, that would be a huge, huge, stupid mistake. Uh, right. Do that. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm of the mindset of, I, I, I could see him being a little prone to that where Stetson Bennett wasn't. But at the same time, the reason I have a hard time saying it's trouble for Georgia is because usually a guy like Stetson Bennett that leads a team to a national title that's kind of that game manager, does what he needs to do, has great intangibles and kind of is a good leader. I didn't get that from Stetson Bennett. I got kind of arrogant, cocky. I got A.J. McCarron vibes from Stetson Bennett. And, and the thing with A.J. McCarron was – he was he had poor intangibles, but it really didn't matter because Alabama was just that loaded that they were going to win those national championships anyway. Okay, and so Georgia's so Georgia's situation better or worse than Tennessee's? The quarterback situation is 
worse, but their situation overall, but it's, it's less important put it that way for them. Agreed. We've talked a lot about Alabama's quarterback situation. Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson battled it out. Got a little tip that it may end up be, may be Simpson in the end, but quarterback Tyler Buckner comes in from Notre Dame. I think we would both agree that Tennessee's quarterback situation is better than this. They couldn't find a guy they believed in. So they had to go out and get a guy that hasn't proven very much. And I don't think they know who they're going to play in the fall. No, I don't think they have any idea. And unlike Georgia, Alabama was a bad quarterback, a good quarterback away from being eight and four or seven and five last year. And that's a big dot deal, guys. So I think Alabama is a little more. I know Nick Saban is going back to people say he's going back to his old ways with Tommy Reese's offense coordinator. I'm not so sure there's a lot of data that really backs that up. I'm not so sure that Tommy Reese is. I don't, I don't think that necessary. I think we're overhyping the idea that they're doing what George is doing, but I will. And so I, I will say that I think he, he needs a quarterback more than Georgia does. And he doesn't have a quarterback and notice they were not as desperate as Georgia was in the portal. Georgia didn't, wasn't desperate at all. And so I agree. This is a worse situation. And what do you make of Ohio state and Penn state? We can address Penn state. I don't know that they're really a championship contender, but people in, and Pennsylvania are probably saying the same thing about Tennessee, but uh, Ohio State is going to be a championship contender. And C.J. Stroud is a pretty, pretty hefty, good player to replace. Yeah, but they've, they've, how many times would we since since Urban Meyer took over? How many quarterbacks has Ohio State replaced at this point from from Braxton Miller, J.T. Barrett, Cardell Jones, Justin Fields, uh, and and now. Um, Oh gosh, my mind's drawn to blink. CJ Stroud. I, I believe isn't Kyle McCord kind of the guy that's their next next man up for them. I, I I will say this. I think Kyle McCord might be a little overrated. I don't know if Kyle McCord fits this system, quite honestly. I think that this is a from everything I've read, he's a pure more pro style drop back passer. Dwayne Haskins, that was the other guy I was thinking. Um, I think that Kyle McCord may not have the mobility to run the spread that they need. Ohio State. So I think that they think they're fine, but I don't think they are fine. Agreed. Of that group, I think you would make a pretty, you could make a strong argument that Beck and Georgia are, are in a better position in replacing quarterbacks because let's remember Joe Milton did get benched. I mean, we all seem to think he's just going to be the next Hendon Hooker, but we don't know that. And I think you could make that argument for Beck. I don't know that any of the other quarterback situations of these, as we call them, championship contenders, are even close to Tennessee's stature right now and what they expect in the fall. I I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think any of them are close. I think, again, Ohio State fans would tell you they're close, but I I don't think they are. And the, the one guy to watch out for, though, and I know you're a little more skeptical of him than I am, but, you know, Drew Aller for Penn State did actually do pretty play pretty well in mop-up duty last year. Kind of a Joe Milton situation where he wasn't too bad in mop-up duty. So I don't think there's as much of a quarterback controversy there as people think. I think it's one of those – you've covered teams. How many teams have you covered where they say there's a quarterback controversy, but they've got a starter, and you know they have their starter? Uh, yeah. That, that most of the time they know exactly who's going to start. As a matter of fact, if there were any question, the only time I can really remember is Lane Kiffin coming out and saying that Jonathan Crompton is the starter. And that was to help his shattered confidence at that point. Uh, it's time for what the H and it's brought to you uh, by the one and only Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han, their vision sitters. Fantastic. Look at me. I got, no contacts, no glasses, and I can see. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hose. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Now, mostly when we ask what the H, it's because somebody said something stupid. But in this particular case, it's what the H is a positive to Tennessee. Because Dante Thornton was named the 13th most impactful player by Brad Crawford of 247 Sports as a transfer heading into the 2023 season. I got to be honest with you. 
I didn't think he would be quite that high, um, but that's that's good. Uh, writes Crawford uh, with Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman off to the NFL. This former Oregon wideout saw an opportunity to shine at Tennessee as a potential go-to threat in 2023. Thornton's portal entry was surprising. Uh, notes duck territory after he became one of Oregon's most dependable wide receivers in its final stretch run following an injury to senior Chase Coda. So the fact that this is a surprising move, I think you read a little bit more into it. They not only thought that Thornton was good in Eugene, but they thought he was going to be a major factor in their offense. So given that as a backdrop, I could see this crawling into the top 15 and we'll, We'll hit on the others in the top 15 as well. But at number 13, this is uh, certainly a big deal for the Vols who have some receivers to replace. It was kind of shocking to me because, look, I mean, a little crow after spring practice, it looked like Squirrel White did not give up that slot receiver spot. So if he was going to do a top 50 just best transfers, I would understand with Dante Thornton. And everybody knows how high I was on Dante Thornton. There were two things that there were two revisions that were made on this show based on spring practice. Dave and I both, Dave's prediction was Nico would take the starting job from Joe in September. I'm taking taking that back. I'm taking them back. That doesn't count anymore. (laughs) Well, mine was that Dante Thornton would be to Tennessee would be like Kevin Durant to Golden State. We're both taking these things back off spring because Milton never, never lost a job to Nico. Really never. I don't think Nico got that close, honestly. And Dante Thornton never took the slot job from Squirrel White. So for Dante Thornton to be a top 15 impact receiver, you got to think he's going to take one of the wideout spots. Dave, I ask you, do you think he's taking the spot from Brew McCoy or Ramel Keaton? Because I don't. Uh, no, but I think they're basing this off of his ability. And I think he has a lot more ability than Ramel Keaton. So if they want to, if, if they, if they want to play him there, we've, we've suspected he would be in the slot, Right. And if they say, hey, no, we want you to be an outside guy, then do I think he could be better than Ramel Keaton? I absolutely do. So that wouldn't maybe be as surprising to me as you. I, I, I actually agree that Thornton is probably a better player than Ramel Keaton long term. I think Ramel Keaton is just he's so reliable. He's your guy and he's been in the program for so long. I don't know how much coaches do this with seniority, but things like Mel Keaton is a guy like, do you really want to throw him to the, to the wolves when this guy could have transferred multiple times and has been so valuable to your program and let him have his senior year. I I know you're not supposed to be sentimental like that in college football, but you know, he's, he's done so much for the program and he stayed in this, the program that I think that I, I just don't think you replace Ramel Keaton with Dante Thornton this year. I do think, I mean, it's possible. It's also possible, by the way, one of these guys, one of these guys could get hurt. I mean, let's be honest, Cedric Tillman got hurt last year, at which point Dante Thornton is easily the starter. And maybe that's what he's basing it off of. Because the thing about Thornton is, regardless of which receiver gets hurt, Thornton is the guy to replace him. It's not like you have to be like, oh, he's not a slot guy, so if Squirrel White gets hurt, we can't put him in. No, no, Dante Thornton would take the job from Squirrel White if White got hurt. And he'd take the job from either Whiteout if either Whiteout got hurt. Well, Travis uh, has mentioned that he's seen uh, Brew, Thornton, and, and Keaton being the starter. Let's remember that Squirrel White is a smaller guy. So you might have certain packages in which he's really good in. If somebody comes out and, and he seems really quick to not be able to overcome press coverage. But if somebody, if somebody comes out and plays press a lot and is able to be physical with him, Maybe that's not a great matchup for him. I, I think at the at the end of the year, um, we have zero idea who the leading receiver will be among this group. Last year, we would have said who? We would have easily said Cedric Tillman. No question. And injury or not, Jalen Hott was going to be the leading receiver. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's any question what they were able to do in putting safeties in a bond with what they did from a slot position. So – um, if, if I had to bet, I would say that at the, at the end of the year, most catches, um, man, most catches, I'll say most catches were Mel Keaton, but I'll say most yards. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go to Dante Thornton. 
I, I think that. Wow, um, you're we're doing a reverse. Yeah, I mean, I think you you respect you respect Squirrel White in spring, but it just seems like there's a different level of athlete in Thornton. I know this is really. I, I, you might ask me tomorrow. I might change my mind. Mister Jones says Squirrel is going to go nuts this year. Hey, but, uh, yeah, I see what you did there. Uh, that was pretty good. So, um, sound effect. I don't know. Wrong sound effect, bro. <laughs> uh, that's a perfect sound effect. Hey now, you can't. Oh, I thought you had the Kingsley guy. from the Larry Sanders show. Who loves that, Bob? Yeah, I do have new toys, by the way. That's crazy. All right, so Caleb, among among those receivers, who do you think will be the leading receiver at the end of the year? Okay, I think across the board it's going to be Squirrel White. And here's what here's here's something I didn't think about until spring ball, and then the way he held his own in spring ball. We keep talking. So Dante Thornton versus Squirrel White. The difference, the advantage to Thornton is the size. So so Thornton can you're right get off press coverage probably a little better and win 50-50 balls. Okay, this is kind of funny to bring up, but Joe Milton overthrows balls so massively. Winning 50-50 balls isn't what matters. Being fast enough to catch those 20-yard overthrows is what matters. And Squirrel White is the one guy that, like, he can have that breakneck speed where, okay, Joe Milton meant to throw it 60 yards, but he accidentally threw it 80 yards. Squirrel White could get that other extra 20 yards to catch it. Hang tight. Give me two minutes. Josh Ward, what balls need to step up? this year that were signed by Hypel out of high school, not Pruitt guys, because we talked a lot about transfers, but how many players have had an impact straight out of high school? We talked about one, Squirrel White, Dylan Sampson. Josh wrote about more that need to have an impact this season. Two minutes back at you with Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I wanna be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine. A drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity. A hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend. A refreshment that can only be found in one place. With a taste that makes you say, give me three bottles of the good stuff. Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Joined now by Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. What high school prospects that Jeremy, excuse me, that Josh Heupel has signed well, we'd be in a whole different world if Jeremy Pruitt was still the head coach. Wouldn't we, Josh? 
be different. Yeah, they they have relied on some of the guys that he signed and still will heading into this year. But I think, yeah, offensively, especially, they're better off with Josh Heupel. Yeah, I think that's that's preferable. Okay, so we we talk a lot about um, the transfers that Josh Heupel has brought in, but Josh, at some point, I, I believe football's cha- college football's changed so much, maybe not, but I believe that the high school prospects are going to have to have a major impact, right? For sure they will. Uh, there's a reason that coaches still emphasize recruiting to the level that they do, even with the emphasis on the transfer portal, even with the amount of guys that we do have to talk about from the transfer process. Tennessee will count on a lot of guys that came in as transfers, but with players now moving on over the last two years, more roster spots are taken up by players that Josh Heupel signed. And a lot of time when a coach takes over, there's that class that he kind of signed because you take over and you finish off the recruiting process. He didn't really do that because he was hired so much later in the process because of Tennessee's investigation into Jeremy Pruitt and him being fired after that signing window in December. So you have the class from 2022 and then the class that was just signed that really are the high school signees from Josh Heupel. So, the column that I wrote focused on the 22 guys because now it's year two and I'm expecting players from that class to step up because you look for that year one to year two jump. And I started with squirrel white because we've already seen him. Jalen Hyatt is gone. The slot position in Tennessee's offense is one where you can really shine and white seems like a natural fit. So I think he's the best bet of the players who were signed out of high school by Josh Heupel to step up and make an impact this year. You did mention him first, so we had we had talked about Squirrel White, and before before you got on the program, th- there seems to be a little bit of a debate. If you know, I know practice is closed, but uh, what you're hearing versus what I'm hearing, I'd, I'd be interested to get your perspective. Is it going to be more Squirrel White, or is it going to be more Dante Thornton at the slot position? Because I agree with you on White but they don't sub those guys a lot. No, they don't. Uh, I'm curious, will personnel usage be different this year with Princeton Fant not a part of the offense? They do have Jacob Warren who will come back, and uh, we'll see exactly how the tight end position is used with this roster, with the personnel a little bit different, uh, and where exactly is Thornton throughout. But Brew McCoy and Ramel Keaton are going to be a part of what they're doing offensively for sure. I just have a hard time believing that White's not going to be a factor after we've already seen him play and play well in the Orange Bowl where he had to step up with Jalen Hyatt opting out to get ready for the NFL draft. So we've already seen it from White. Now, have we seen it for an entire season? No, and that's part of the issue here is we're projecting for all of these guys. There was not a big freshman impact. There are guys that we can point to to say, okay, that's probably next man up in the conversation of replacing guys that left after the 22 season. Uh, And Dante Thornton is going to be a factor. He also was not fully healthy during spring, so we weren't able to get a full gauge of what they thought from what they saw in the spring. It was good to have him here, but Thornton was not at full strength, which affected their ability to see everything that those guys are going to be able to do. Brew McCoy was not not a part of what they were doing in practice this past spring. So they weren't at – in the the, uh, Orange and White game, none of those guys played. (laughs) So they were all out. So uh, my my bet is that Squirrel White is going to be a factor in this offense. No, I think so. um, I want to remind every portions of the program brought to you by Andy Mason Real Estate.com. Andy Mason Real Estate.com. He's my realtor, should be yours. And he can save you thousands of dollars over 40 years of experience. Andy has in the Knoxville market. So just go to Andy Mason Real Estate.com if you would like to learn more and if you're considering buying or selling a home. Sorry, my Wi-Fi went in and out there for a second. I apologize. Uh, Josh, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about defense because it doesn't where there seems to be a big concern. There has been signs of Josh Hypo finding guys that have stepped up on offense. I mean, again, we're talking Squirrel White. Dylan Sampson, I think we all agree, is going to probably turn out to be okay. He signed some guys in the transfer portal that have turned out to do well. But the defense has really relied on Jeremy Pruitt guys and they're and you named a couple of guys like Tyre West, Tyree West, James, James Pierce, Joshua Josephs. This has to be the year, right? Where Hypel Signy really steps up and stands out on defense. 
Yeah, leads the way. I don't know about that, but Joseph's needs to be a part of what they're doing uh, on the edge. Tyree West, if he's able to emerge and be a part of the rotation on the defensive line, that would be a plus. Amari Thomas is a leader there on the interior of the defensive line. Bryson Easton. So we are still talking about a lot of Pruitt guys, and then the transfer market brought in Omar Norman Lott, who will play on the defensive line. But they do need Tyree West from a talent standpoint to emerge and be ready to help on the defensive line. James Pierce is is the unknown here. There was talk of him showing maturity during the spring after he was not a factor as a freshman, and that's okay that he wasn't a big factor as a freshman, but he was one of the highest-rated signees in the 22 class. And if the defense is going to play at an elite level, as Josh Heupel has talked about, well, then that likely requires guys like Josephs and Pierce and Tyree West to be a part of the equation because they're the most talented players in that 22 class on the defensive side. It's difficult to play elite football without your most talented players playing at an elite level. So those guys, and then Elijah Herring was on my list as well. Not expected to start and lead the way at linebacker, but with Jeremy Banks gone, Banks was a guy that he, he was kind of one of the, he was one of those woe boy players where he was aggressive and he was going full speed at all times. Elijah Herring is that type player. Again, a transfer comes in in Keenan Peely, who will be here for a year from BYU, and you have Aaron Beasley, who's the leader. But Herring is one of those next guys up. And I focus on guys returning that need to step up. This freshman class of linebackers signed by Josh Heupel at some point could get an opportunity. That would start with Arion Carter. Uh, T. Landers, another player that I think they like a lot that could help sooner rather than later. But at some point, a member of the 23 class on defense will probably be asked to step up this season. Pierce is the one that I, I was told if he has his head on straight, has a tremendous upside. That's a, we, you and I both know, Josh, if is a big thing. There was a guy named Jeremy Banks that had a big if before him. I'm not saying he won't, but I mean, I, I think Pierce could be an impact player if he instantly is mature as of May the 11th. Yeah, he was a guy that, uh, I think on three gave a five-star rating to in the 22 class. So he rose up the boards, very talented. Tennessee did a good job of getting him to sign in that early period because the thought was back in the class a year ago that if Pierce waited until February, more schools were going to push hard and, and try to get him away from Tennessee. So they got him to sign early because they coveted him so much and knew that other schools would likely do that in the next six weeks. So that says what Tennessee staff thought about him in the evaluation more than a year ago. So he came in. Josephs was the guy that played more, and I think Josephs has a uh, really nice upside. He flashed with his ability as an edge rusher, has some natural ability there, but Pierce has a ton of talent. He is just he looks like a guy that belongs in the SEC and in two years will belong in the NFL draft. Does he put it all together? Having somebody like Rodney Garner on the defensive staff, those guys uh, are, I think should be good influences, and watching what Byron Young did this past year should help with that. Roman Harrison and Tyler Barron are your, your veterans up front. And they have plenty of talent. But from an upside standpoint, Pierce and then Josephs probably outrank everybody else. Please click that like button. We appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed, do so. Again, our Celebrate 98 series continues. Eric Westmoreland is on the YouTube page. It'll be Billy Ratliff this afternoon. And um, Josh, Josh, Dylan Sampson, I was told by, by people who would know, was the star of spring camp. Um, if you were to take the field or Dylan Sampson to have the biggest impact of, of the list that you put together, and we've mentioned all their names, would you take Sampson or the field? I don't mean all the players combined. I mean one player out of that group. Yeah, um, so I agree with you on what you just said about Sampson. He was the most talked about player during the spring. He looks like a natural fit. In Josh Heupel's offense, he has a quick burst that looks different than the other guys that were playing last year at running back and has home run ability and should have more trust from the coaches in his uh, his pass protection. But I would also say he's at a position where Jalen Wright's going to play and Jabari Small's going to play and Cam Seldon's going to be a factor at running back. So there are more shares to be divvied up at that position. So I'd probably take the field, but that's not to diminish – how important Samson can be. And it's in a position where you have to have all those guys available. But uh, the the ability to make a jump, Samson has to factor in more than he did last year. We saw, again, flashes, the Missouri game, 
uh, Vanderbilt uh, game. He showed his ability with the breakaway speed, which will get him more opportunity this upcoming fall. So Dylan Sampson is absolutely a punch from Heupel's high signees to make a bigger impact in 2023. Josh, dare I say this, which is – it sounds blasphemous because we know he's a much better coach, but on in this aspect, if some of these players don't step up, but we start mentioning Heupel in the same sentence as Butch Jones, only in the sense of how many times did Butch Jones have high profile recruits and high profile transfers that never developed and never saw the field. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not ready to go there yet because this past season, they won 11 games and they, they, they blew out LSU and Baton Rouge and they beat Alabama uh, they 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 just did things that we haven't seen in a long time at Tennessee. So I mean, at some point, yeah, I mean, you you're going to have to continue to succeed, and over the next couple of years, there will be more pressure for the players that Josh Heupel brought in to develop and be those kinds of players too, because the the bar has been raised by what they've done the last two seasons, what they did in 2022, especially. Now the Tennessee has won those big games, and you know, think about the Florida situation. Gators right now don't look like they're in a great spot, and Tennessee beat Florida. And there's almost an expectation that Tennessee goes and wins in Gainesville this season. I don't even know if it's almost. I I believe fans are going to say, you better win that game this year because of the spot Florida's in. So that changes the conversation. It never even got there for Butch Jones. He was picked to win the East but in 2016. But the, the program, I don't think, was viewed at the same elevation as – uh, this program. So the bar has been raised. The expectations will be higher over the next couple of years. But right now, I I can't really point to anything to say fear that the program is going to go in the direction of Butch Jones. I think Josh Heupel's history at Oklahoma as a quarterback, his history there as an offensive coordinator, now being the head coach at Tennessee, I think he has a much better understanding of what is required, the expectations, the pressure that comes with this kind of job that I think really affected Butch Jones in a negative way. I'd be surprised if that's what affects Josh Heupel. Correct or crazy? Dylan Sampson will be the second leading rusher on this football team this fall. Uh, I don't think that's crazy. Um, could he be top two? For, I mean, you, you have injury history, history with the other guys, too. So if Sampson automatically enters a bigger role than we saw last year, and then there is the risk of injury elsewhere. Uh, if I had to choose top two or or bottom two, let's say that if we're talking about a four man backfield, I'd choose top two for Dylan Sampson. Interesting. All right, so we were focused on a return, but if you're a freshman, a freshman to, to me shouldn't be counted on. Um, sometimes they are, and you should consider that good fortune. But is there a freshman in particular that you look at and because of opportunity and talent you think would have that uh, a significant impact this fall? First freshman I would look to would be Cameron Selden. I uh, wrote about him a few oh, yeah. weeks ago uh, right after the Orange and White game. We talked about him. He just has a ton of talent. And that, that goes back to the shares being divvied up in the backfield. But Selden also can be a pass catch option with his history coming out of high school. He is a big running back that has the pass catchability again pass protection that could be a factor but they can line him up in different spots where that wouldn't necessarily be a problem he just he looks like a guy that belongs on the field and I I think showed that as much as we have to be careful about what we say about the orange and white game Selden looks the part so he would stand out Arian Carter who I mentioned at linebacker there's there's got to be at least one defensive back that should be a factor this fall. I just don't know how to choose which one it is yet. Jordan Matthews has a ton of ability. Ricky Gibson has a lot of ability as this uh, as a freshman member of the defensive backfield. Christian Conyer kind of looks the part when you see him. Okay, yeah, I, I can see why some considered him the top prospect in Kentucky and uh, a coveted corner for Tennessee in this class. And Tennessee needs help in the secondary. They had to upgrade from a year ago. I, I would hesitate just because... I know how all coaches operate, and that is trust in veterans. And Tennessee has a lot of veterans who have returned in the secondary. So will a freshman beat out a veteran in August? I don't know that. But over the course of three months, if players continue to struggle in the secondary, I would count on at least one of those guys 
in the secondary getting an option. The other obvious name would be Nico, but your preference would be if you're a Tennessee fan that Joe has a big year and Nico is never needed this year that you get to see him more in mop up duty and he gets ready to be the starter in 2024. But we can't talk about freshmen with the ability to have a, a potential impact without mentioning Nico. A D on our message board that chance. None of the guys have been here more than two years. Hypo has hit home runs left and right so far. So I assume that was pointed towards Caleb Calhoun. And in other words, why don't you shut the hell up? <laughs> I've got to work on my dog. I shot a new toy. So that was a little happy Gilmore for you. Why don't you shut the hell up? Yeah, that goes for you, Caleb. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh warm glass. I'm sorry, guys, but we have we have to ask the question at this point. You're right, it's early, but look, Josh Heibel had let's call a spade a spade. He missed on his who he thought would be the best starting quarterback when he first took over at Tennessee. He thought Joe Milton was better than Hendon Hooker. I mean, that's a that's a question of talent evaluation right there. So you do have to you think about suck. Yeah, up. <laughs> Josh knows how much fun I'll have with this. It's like he feels pity for Caleb right now. Yeah, I uh and by the way, Caleb's right. It was the wrong evaluation for whatever reason. And Joe has a ton of talent. Now he's a, a few years later. But, you know, Kirby Smart thought JT Daniels was the better option for obvious reasons over Stetson Bennett. And then Stetson Bennett took over and won back-to-back national titles. So everybody misses at some point, and uh, it's how you correct. And they went to Hendon Hooker, stuck with Hendon Hooker, and we know the results there. So uh, both things can be true. I I think it's way too early to try to make any kind of – or or offer any kind of Josh Heupel-Butch Jones comparison, but also recognize that, okay – uh, that the success of 2022 was great and the excitement around the program is better than it's been in a long time. And Josh Heupel got a big contract, which I think he earned when you look at the market and where it was, but because of all that, and because of what Tennessee football is, expectations are going to go up again. Josh Heupel recognizes that when he was asked during one of his big orange caravan stops, I think it was, uh, about the higher expectations and all that. He said, we want the noise. I don't think any of that scares him. And I think that helped them last year in big games against Florida and against Alabama. And having Hinton Hooker at quarterback, I think he's comfortable in that environment too. But the the big game and the pressure and the attention and all that, I think Josh Heupel's just used to. He won a national championship as a quarterback at a program that has all kinds of attention and pressure and, and a following. So uh, Butch Jones, just, he was negatively affected by that. And the the, the culture that they tried to keep together after big-name recruits came in was problematic for Butch. He just he wasn't able to manage it well. And I think Josh Heupel will be better at that. Is he going to win a title, an SEC title, or a national title? I don't know. With the, uh, with the expanded playoff, I think he's going to have a good chance to get Tennessee into the Final 12, so he has a good chance there. But uh, you know, I, So I, I don't know if he's going to hit the ultimate goals, but I think he'll give Tennessee a better chance, maybe a much better chance than Butch Jones ended up giving Tennessee. Yo, what do you Reminded think of that? Me of, uh, Yo, what do you think of that comeback? Hey now. <laughs> well, okay. I do have a butchism. That does he might know I'm who wrong. that is or my, does he might know who that is or am I too old? Do you know who that is, Josh? Uh, I'll, I'll, well, I didn't, first of all, you're hey too now. old, but I, I didn't catch it. Hey now. Can you hear it there? Did you not hear uh, it? You're going to have to, you're going to have to give me the answer. Oh, okay, but you can't hear it. I'm actually this is actually a okay technical yeah. check as well. Hey now, yeah, it's Hank Kingsley from the Larry Sanders Show. Uh, full transparency, Larry Sanders Show is on my list. I'm uh, well aware of its greatness. I have not watched uh, the Larry Sanders Show. It's on my list that at some point I'll get to after my kids allow me to watch television again. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But some of the behind yeah. the scenes of putting a show together will will really resonate with you. You will love that show. One of my top, it's probably top three along with Seinfeld and I don't know uh, what the other one would be, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, not to get too far off the tracks, but I, I know that it was influential are. for Seinfeld and, uh, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, which are two of my favorites. Uh, Curb from HBO, like Larry Sanders. Hey now. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's <laughs> All right. I wondered if that would be too old. Tell me on the message board. That's pretty good. Uh, by the way, Khalifa Keith, he's not on camp yet. He's one of the summer guys. And 
I think, though, that he could step in if we want to talk about true freshman because he's going to play that power running back role. That's a pretty easy position to learn and maybe the the fullback role that Princeton Fant played. So, yeah, I mean, I think he, he might even score a touchdown this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, uh, garbage time touchdown would be my guess. I, we'll see. Uh, but when we on my radio show yeah. talked about all the running backs in the spring, somebody came in and said, uh, what about Khalifa Keith? Uh, I just – I always am hesitant to put any kind of pressure on a freshman. Now, when we see so many freshmen come in in the spring and then someone comes in in the summer, I'm I'm putting little to no expectation on a, a freshman running back in a more crowded backfield coming in in June and getting a, a real chance to make a big impact unless there are injuries elsewhere. So he could surprise me, but it would be that. I'd, I'd be surprised if Khalifa Keith is a big factor in Tennessee's offense this fall. That's crazy. Good stuff. Good stuff, Josh. We'll talk to you soon. Hear him. That's crazy. I mean, Brian as well. Uh, very well versed there. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sneaky snake. All right, uh, Josh. Have a fantastic day. You can listen to him from noon to three on the Sports Animal. We love what he brings to the table in the written word on offthooksports.com. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. You want to try out another one that I don't think is appropriate, but we'll see if it works. You suck. (laughs) (laughs) That is not for you. That's not for you. It's hurtful on the way out the door. (laughs) (laughs) A big kick on the way out the door. All right, I'll get my levels fixed. It'll be more fun next time. Uh, Josh, again, people can follow you at Josh underscore Ward, and you are awesome. Best of you and the fam. You got it. Thank you. See you, brother. Josh Ward of the Sports Animal Noon to three. Great dude. And uh, I think he doesn't think as much of maybe Khalifa Keith having an impact as I do. I think he could come in and be the fullback type of cat. I don't think that's too terribly difficult. as I don't think he's going to have over 100 yards this year or even 50 yards but i could see him do something in a short yardage maybe garbage time he may be right yeah i mean it, the power back that they need that princeton fan played last year because Lenath white had got hurt you could see that with keith this year and i mean they now the thing is jabari small has shown he could actually fill that void when necessary too you need a yard jabari small can get it but cleefa keith is a little bit bigger so Khalifa Keith is a guy that you can see do that. You know, typically, Dave, what I've noticed recent in recent years, a lot of times power backs get on campus and they get converted to linebacker. I feel like that's a more common thing now than it used to be. Oh, um, it was funny you bring that up. I was talking to uh, Fred White and Billy Ratliff last night uh, with the Celebrate 98 that'll drop today. And they um, – they remember all these guys moving from either running back to be speedy linebackers or moving from safety to be speedy linebackers. So, you know, Keith, Keith is a bigger guy. We'll, we'll see how quick he is when he gets on campus, hang tight two minutes. And while some people think that Tennessee is being disrespected in the backfield, I kind of see it as a little bit different. Stay tuned off the hook sports. and Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El numero 87, Jacob Warren. I'm just doing six for my sauce, 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you seis más. But what was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadiz today. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Doctors Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. 
Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm gonna need some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. So, what are these lists are out, and we'll, we'll talk about those from time to time. I'm not gonna dwell on it because it's list season in college football, but. I think some people were taken aback that Jabari Small uh, was listed in the 30s among the top tailbacks entering the 2023 season, and so was Jalen Wright. For the record, number one was Quinshawn Judkins uh, of Ole Miss. Uh, two was Raheem Sanders, Michigan. I'm not really sure how he's not number one. But anyway, um, I think this is actually a good thing. I'd rather have two in the 30s than Quinshawn Judkins, and here's why. I don't think Judkins is a Saquon Barkley type or even a Jameer Gibbs type. I don't think he's a, a special back or uh, like the Robinson kid out of Texas. I'd rather have two really good backs, and then Dylan Sampson didn't make this list, and he shouldn't because he didn't have the production last year. But, man, I'd, I'd rather have right – and small than just Judkins. Um, let's go to Caleb on this. I need to bring back in. Um, Caleb, do you agree, disagree with that? I mean, I'd rather have two guys that are really, really good and as opposed to one guy that may be slightly better. But I just don't think Judkins is a special elite type of guy. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't Jamal Lewis. Uh, so I, I agree. Unless you have one of those guys, I think – this day and age, two backs is more important. I mean, Tennessee's – I'm trying to think, like, teams that have had, like, the best rushing teams that, like, really stood out to me over the past – since this century started. I think back to the mid-2000s, USC had Lindale White and Reggie Bush. Arkansas had Darren McFadden and Felix Jones. Auburn had Carnell Williams and Ronnie Brown. Heck, Tennessee, their best rushing year ever was Cedric Houston and Gerald Riggs Jr. It seems like you're at your best when you have two elite backs that you can go to consistently – can't really think of a team that – okay, Alabama Mark Ingram maybe in Alabama Derrick Henry. <laughs> okay, those two, that was where they had like one feature back. But, yeah, most Alabama. of the time I feel like the dominant rushing teams are two backs now. Uh, yeah, I do too. I mean, Bijan Robinson was really good out of Texas. That's who I was referring to. He was the top running back picked in the draft. But, Caleb, how far back would you have to go to find a tailback that you would take over these two, Jabari Small and um, and excuse me, the name blank here. Well, I, I don't want to include. I'm going to take that back. I don't want to include Dylan Sampson. In this I don't want to say all three, but I want to. Who would you take? How far back would you have to take go to take somebody one Tennessee tailback over Jabari Small or Jalen Wright? How far so back? One, not, I mean, you're talking about with Tennessee, not just schools in general, right? Yes. You have to trade those two guys in our theoretical fantasy football for just one running back that Tennessee's had. I mean, obviously, if you went back, you could go Reggie Cobb, Chuck Webb, but I don't think you have to go that far back. And I'm curious to see if we have the same answer here. I mean, I got to go. I, I don't go that far back at all. I still go Alvin Kamara. I would too. The way he balled out at Tennessee. No question. Wasn't utilized correctly, but that's exactly who I would go for. No question in my mind. Um, Oh, yeah. 
I would trade Alvin Kamara right now for these two guys. No offense, and I would throw in a fourth round draft pick. You mean you trade these two guys and a fourth round draft pick for Alvin Kamara? Yes. Yes, I absolutely would too. I would too. And it's particularly this day and age in college football. But yeah, I mean, the 90s, yeah, we're talking individually. Gosh, Tennessee, we talk about wide receiver you, but their run of running backs from, I mean, you would start with Johnny Jones all the way through Travis Stevens. I don't think they had a year with a bad running back, did they? From like 1982 to 2001. Would you trade them both for... Sorry, say that again. Would you trade them both for Jalen Hurd? <laughs> it has to be a joke, right? <laughs> I think Jalen could have been good if you utilized his skills. Not as a running back, though. Interesting. Um, so you would not is, – is, okay, what a B. John Robinson last year at Texas. Would you trade these two for, for him? No, quite honestly, I wouldn't. And I thought he was drafted way too high, if I'm going to be honest with you. So that's, I mean, let, let's remember, this was Big 12 defenses he was going against last year. And Big 12 defenses are like what Pac-10 defenses were when Reggie Bush was putting up all those yards against him. So I, I just, I, I, I think he was overrated. Texas went like eight and five with a transfer running back. Okay, Travis Stevens. No, I, I wouldn't say the message. That was a good one. I wouldn't either, Robert. I think that's a good one. The reason I wouldn't is because I think you have one guy, Dylan Sampson, that could do that sort of thing, and they had a very good offensive line, as Caleb has pointed out. I um no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade him for. for now I would. I would take these two instead of Travis Stevens, and I do not make mean that as a shot. I think if you had that type of offense that was so prolific at see a good quarterback and you're spreading it out essentially and i think that dylan samson could do a similar type of thing that travis stevens did in that particular year so um but and by the way let's not forget not just the offensive line you had to you couldn't cheat any linebackers up against that tennessee offense either because you had to worry about kelly washington and dante stallworth on either side of the field and i mean like that created a lot more holes for travis stevens quite honestly because tennessee that was probably one of the best one-two punches i've ever seen at receiver Washington what about running backs as a whole in college football? Would you have to go to back to Saquon Barkley? I feel like I'm missing somebody. But to me, Barkley's been the last running back. Probably Saquon Barkley. He was after Derrick Henry, right? Yes. Yeah, I would take Sa- I I would probably go. But I would have taken Derrick Henry, too, over these two. Pretty easily, not thinking. Maybe even Leonard Fournette. I would do Leonard Fournette also. Leonard Fournette. You talk about all-time freezing cold takes at one point i would host uh, shows for various schools and penn state was one and i remember the guy that covered penn state said uh they got another guy named saquon barkley who they've talked about in in preseason camp this was his freshman year but i don't think he's he's going to be that great oops that's a freezing cold take i mean i've made some boo-boos but I don't think I've ever swung and missed that bad. Yeah. I really don't think I really don't think I've ever swung and missed that bad. And like the next it it only took like five days. The next game he had like 210 yards. Uh, He's Caleb Calhoun, 10 o'clock each and every weekday. Celebrate 98 drops. The Celebrate 98 series continues. We'll visit with you. Have a fantastic day, evening, morning, night, whenever you're listening. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off Doug Sports. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.